0: Welcome to the first blue white illustrated Penn State recruiting podcast of 2022. He's Ryan Snyder back from the All-American Bowl in San Antonio. I'm Greg Pickle back from Tampa and the Outback Bowl where of course Penn State ended its 2021 season with the loss to Arkansas. Ryan, we last talked prior to that matchup. You obviously saw a bunch of Penn State guys At the All American Bowl. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But the 2021 season in college football has now officially concluded. Georgia beating Alabama. You called Georgia on this podcast way back when in August, when you, Dave Eckert, and I got together and discussed. The odds and the bets and things like that prior to the start of the 2021 season. So, congratulations to you. A good game last night. Two really good teams on the field. Obviously, Alabama dealt with some injury issues, especially at receiver, and that played a role in the game. But Georgia just outlasted them. And this was not your typical dominant Alabama team for much of the season. It looked that way in the SEC title game, but that really I don't think was the complete picture of who this team was. And Georgia put it all together, and Kirby Smart gets over the hump.
1: Yeah, I saw a stat this week um, for teams who uh, played played each other in the regular season, and then played each other in the bowl game. Um, and, and for the team who lost, I think they won something like uh, I think it was like sixteen and seven in the uh, in the rematch, uh, which I thought was interesting. And, then, and there was also some stat where it's like they won eight in a row uh, if you lost in the regular season or the or the uh, conference championship game and then uh or no i guess it'd be not conference play but uh it, it was it was an interesting stat i thought uh going into last night's game and i i didn't <laughs> was a lot of times in that game man where i did not see georgia pulling that out I and mean, it was all about that running game i thought man they came out in the third quarter and really uh you know put their stamp on it and that, i didn't think either team was going to be able to run in that game so for georgia to do that um Was impressive but i mean it comes back to talent man this is a recruiting podcast so let's just go through i'll just run them through you real quick i mean uh, 2017 georgia had three uh five-star commits um in 2018 they had seven seven five-star commits guys i mean that's that that's the team you're looking at there right now um excuse me actually depending on where you look nine five-star commits if you look at the uh at the consensus so that, that that's that's one thing i missed there uh five again in 2019 and uh, I think everybody knows that Georgia's on a roll right now. Five again in 2020. So, um, you know, stars do matter. It's it's not it's not a perfect system. It will never be a perfect system, uh, but um, you know, you, you add 20 plus uh, five stars to your team. There's a good chance that 13, 14 of them uh, will pan out in some sort, in some sort of form. And I think that's what you saw, and that's what you're always seeing with Alabama too. So, uh, you know, I, I'm happy Georgia won. I, I was on that train early, so I. Uh, I'm happy you brought that up, Greg, because I we have had no some, problem, some fun some fun discussions about that. Although I guess our, our recruiting podcast or excuse me, our our you know, futures podcast, I think we were arguing over SEC championship and not really right. the national championship. So you kinda you gotta win there too. Um, you know, they they obviously won the SEC championship over Georgia, but uh happy happy the dogs pulled it out. It was a fun game and, and we was. needed it after those crappy semifinals.
0: Yes, no doubt about it. So, like we said, the 2021 season is over. Before we know it, the 2022 Penn State football season will be here. A lot to get to, though, on the recruiting front before that. And we're going to start with a look back at the All-American Bowl, where four Penn State signees were on hand, two of them now on campus as early enrollees. Two of them will arrive later this year. Ryan, let's start with this. I don't know where else to start. Drew Aller goes down to the All-American Bowl as the on three number one quarterback and by the time the final class of 2021 rankings are done after the All-American Bowl, after the Under Armour game, I just don't think there's any doubt in the at all in the world that he is the best quarterback in this cycle and will be that way across the board uh, by the time the final rankings come out
1: that's certainly what Charles power thinks. And I, and I, and I will trust his uh, opinion. Obviously I haven't watched Devin, Devin Brown and, you know, club Nick much, uh, you know, seen, seen as much as most people have, but uh, as far as watching full games and all that, but look at he struggled a bit in, in that cha- <laughs> championship game, in the all-star game. I think it, I think you can look at three, four five of those misses and, and, you know, say that it was more so because of uh wide receiver cohesion than uh him really messing up the throws i know there was two for sure where i watched those throws and practice all week and uh you know the wide receiver either ran 15 yards and curled and he should have ran 10 or or something of that sort but you know just watching these highlights here i mean he was absolutely dominant in in the one joint practice where every you know all eyes were on him every scout from every network was on him uh watching him closely and and he shined and those are the highlights we're showing here so Look, there's a reason that I go down there for practice and I leave before the game and uh it's 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 more so because we get a lot more out of practice than we do the game and and I know fans probably think that seems silly uh but you know this
0: well let's just, just wanna, stop there a second why things, but yeah why go ahead. I mean let's just explain why that is the case I mean I think anyone who watched the All-American Bowl could probably figure it out but for those who weren't able to watch it let's just walk through the the major differences even though this practice week was definitely not at least from what i could tell yeah. like past ones because there's still some there were kids that tested positive and things like that it was not quite the same as it has been in the past
1: yeah well both teams were missing I'll say 10 around I mean it was it was a little bit more for the west than the, than the east but uh, yeah both teams were missing a bunch of players uh because they tested positive for covid and I hit on that with T frank on Friday it sucked but uh I I, I mean look th- these games are fun scrimmages that's what they're supposed to be and and you know I think these guys take it serious but I, I don't think all of them do I think I think a lot of them kind of give 80% effort in a lot of these games yeah. and I and I know that sounds silly but uh, I think you can also point to someone like the Dennis Sutton, who absolutely gave 100 percent effort in every rep he did, and I think you could see that. Where uh, there's a lot of, uh, I would say, skill players, and, and I'm not going to point specific people, but uh, a lot of other guys. Just you know, it's it's not what you would see from a from a playoff game, and then or you know, a high school playoff game. But in practices, you know, you just you can you can just see different drills and whatnot, and 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 I, I just think from a scouting perspective, that's I know from a scouting perspective that that's where not just on three, but 247 and rivals, all all of our, you know, colleagues would tell you that, uh, you know, we get a lot more out of practice than the game. And then obviously, you know, from my perspective, when I'm reporting on guys and and I'm interviewing them four days in a row. Right. So by, by the, by the fifth day, there's, there's really only so much you can get out of uh, talking to them after the game. And honestly, so many of these guys are trying to catch flights like that night and get back. It's kind of hectic after the game. So uh, that's, that's kind of why, why I decided to come back Friday night, but, yeah, Aller, Aller didn't have a, a perfect performance, man. The the, the lights were bright, and the, the his wide receivers obviously they worked together for four or five days. But I wouldn't overthink it, man. What we saw uh, in the four days leading up to that was was incredible. And you know he he was he was named one of On Three's top guys. I believe he was number was it number three in the in the final rankings. I believe Michael, Michael uh, Williams was number one. Isaiah Bond uh, was number two, and then Aller was three. And then of course uh, Dennis Sutton and Singleton also finished in the top ten.
0: Absolutely, and I think that, you know, again, the the biggest key to any of these All-Star games is that guys get out of there healthy, right? And that, you know, I can't imagine being, a, and, you know, the one injury note that we'll make is that Caden Saunders, the receiver, went through one day of practice at the Under Armour game and then was pretty much done after that with, I believe it was mm-hmm. a hamstring, Ryan. Uh, mm-hmm. But I can't imagine being a college coach, especially if you're getting a guy on campus in, like, literally two or three days. And following these all-star games, <laughs> I mean, the practices yeah. are one thing, but the game itself is another thing. And you, I have to imagine it's three hours of them holding their breath, hoping that nothing happens to a guy who, you know, is coming to campus with hopes of maybe playing early or at the very least starting his strength and conditioning career. And, uh, yeah. you know, that that is, uh, I can only imagine what that's like for these coaches, but it looks like on the Penn State side of things, all went just okay. And that, you know, that. It, lo-
1: it looked like the one kid tore his Achilles in yeah. the game i, I forget yep. who the name is off the head of man but that's you know just from watching on tv that's what it really looked like so that that was incredibly unfortunate and then you know just when i go back to practice normally we have like a little more full pads in these practices and they get after a bit more you know we saw a couple one-on-ones uh, for the o-line d-line and then obviously wide receivers dbs throughout the week but uh, the east the east was a lot tamer than the west and and you know i think it showed in the game i think the west was just a bit more um fine-tuned, I guess you would say, uh, where, where the East felt like they were they were really kind of doing walkthroughs more so than anything else throughout the week. Uh so I missed the the Tuesday morning practice, but I was there for every other one. And and really that joint practice against the West was the one time where I really felt like uh the East was getting after it. And a lot of other ones was kind of more walkthroughs. And I'm not begrudging Tim Rokin and his staff. Uh, st joseph prep guys who were there and some other coaches for handling how they did this is a total all-star game the last thing you want to do is is be the high school coach that gets a player hurt but i also just felt like one that has
0: to answer those questions too right if that exactly if that school's assistant coach comes back into your school the next year and st Joseph prep has (laughs) a lot of players there right and Mm -hmm. if you have to answer to a coach about what went wrong why did you do this why do you do that you know nobody wants to be in that situation and of course you feel terrible for the kids too so yeah uh, but you know like we said all is well that ends well yep and you didn't get hurt it was a good week obviously yep
1: it was a good week for Penn State man I think that's 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 the takeaway. Uh, We didn't get to see much of Nick Singleton from the game. And, uh, you know, it's very hard to scout linebackers in these games. I I just – I don't even know where to begin on Keon Wiley. I mean, he showed some good open field tackling. And, you know, there were some reps where he looked good in pass coverage. There was other reps where, you know, I think play actions really kind of tricked him a bit. And, I mean, that's kind of to be expected from a guy who played defensive end his whole career. And then, oh, the first time he's really focusing on linebacker, it's against, like, the best uh, running backs and wide receivers and quarterbacks in the country. So – there's really only so much you can take away from from Wiley and Singleton. Singleton looked good in the beginning of the week. Uh, deny the deny was clearly the one who. And let me just—I'm going to go one thing. The one thing with deny yep. that stood out to me a whole week was, from the beginning, from the moment I got there to the end, the guy was putting in extra reps the whole time. And and you know a lot of these guys are standing around joking, you know, having fun, which yeah, hey, you should be. You're it's an all-star game. Have fun with it. Right. But uh, deny was always working. Always, 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 and that just grabbed my attention the whole week. The the one the one day, I think it was Wednesday morning. Drew Aller was the first on the field. Denai was the second, and those guys just just worked, uh, you know, fine fine tune their techniques and all those little things throughout the week. So that really stood out to me. Um, and of course, Nick and Nick and Keon worked really hard as well.
0: Yeah, so you know, I think that it was clear when James Franklin talked to reporters following the first signing day that he really wished and I Dennis Sutton would be an early enrollee. It doesn't work out that way, mm-hmm. but obviously they're super excited about what he can bring to the table and possibly be a first year contributor, even though he's not going to arrive till a little bit later in the year. So we'll see there. But to your point, good week for Penn State at the All American Bowl. Good week for Penn State at the Under Bowl, though they weren't quite represented as much and. You know, the all-star game outside of the Polynesian Bowl is now behind us, so we'll talk about that in a bit. But this is the Blue-White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. Ryan, let's get into, before we go to early enrollees, let's talk about the transfer portal for a second, Penn State obviously made the splash on christmas eve in the transfer portal picking up mitchell tinsley a receiver who really Mm -hmm. is productive he's on campus now if i'm not mistaken so correct uh, yep his his career here is underway and i know penn state fans are really really frustrated they voiced it on the lion's den message board they voiced it on social media i know we've both been stopped by people in airports and things like that where's the rest of the action of the (laughs) transfer portal why aren't they getting anybody else you know it kind of goes on and on and on in a similar vein so hunter norzab probably the top target at this point for penn state in the portal actually there's no probably about it he put penn state in his top five he's going to visit later this month but i mean let's start with this uh it's because the question everybody wants to know should penn state fans be disappointed right now about the return they've had in the portal so far or is it Is it more so – and I kind of – and I'll answer my own question before I throw it to you. But I kind of lean towards the way that things were last year was so unique that – I think fans and everyone else got a little, not. Nuts, 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 well, I'm trying to think of the right word here, maybe a misrepresentation of, of what themselves. this process is going to be like. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, Penn State's season ended December 20th, 19 something like that. They mercifully decided not to go to a bowl, and then those transfers started rolling in pretty quickly. I don't think it's going to be like that every single year, though. Certainly not this one for Penn State outside of Tinsley.
1: Yeah, I think if you would ask, if, if you could get Franklin and staff to open up, I think they would like to have more than one incoming right now. But I don't think it would be like five or six. Yeah. Uh, I think I think realistically they would love to have a solid linebacker and or uh, a, a solid offensive lineman uh, already taking classes and you know taking part of winter workouts. Uh, we, we've we known for a while that Hunter Norzad is one of their top absolute prospects, the Cornell prospect. Uh, he wants to graduate from Conrail. Duh. I mean, of course, he wants to get that uh, right. that Ivy League degree. So we knew he wasn't he wouldn't be coming in until uh, after the spring semester anyway. Uh, he's absolutely one of their top targets. He's probably more of a guard, if we're being honest. And, and I know tackle is, is that coveted spot everybody wants to talk about. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second here. But, uh, you know, with Norzad, I, I really believe it's, it's Penn State and Iowa, and then probably maybe Auburn, Illinois, and Virginia Tech, somewhere in that order. But Penn State and Iowa are certainly the main two schools here. He's going to go to Penn State. January 22nd. Um, So, two weeks from now, uh, 11 days from now. And then uh, Iowa will will get the last visit. And that'll be interesting to see. I I do think, you know, there's some people who tell me that he can make a decision right after that. And then there's other people saying, you know, that uh, Auburn could potentially get a visit here. And uh, I've been, had a couple brief conversations with, with Hunter, just just messaging on Twitter, but but not a lot that I can feel like I really know what he's thinking there. But just from, from Penn State contacts, you definitely get the impression Iowa-Penn State. Uh, just one other guy, then Ryan Swoboda. Of course, I've been talking about him a lot, the right tackle from Virginia. Uh, I'll say this. I believe Swoboda is enrolled at a handful of schools right now, and I believe Penn State's one of them. So if you were to dig in that, I believe – uh, and because of the process, you know, with classes starting, you got to kind of enroll at a couple schools and Then you can kind of decide some point here in the next couple days before they get too deep into it. Uh, Miami was supposed to get him on campus, I believe, yesterday. It was supposed to be a little later, and then he tried to move it up. And I'm not sure if that visit happened. I don't believe it did. And now I'm hearing UCF for him. But but the point here is that the Tampa native is probably going to stay uh, down south. There's a lot to about at UCF. And Penn State absolutely would take him. So I'm not exactly sure – uh, why uh, they they have lost in this recruitment, or if he just wants to stay close to home, whatever it may be. I do know that they were really trying to get him to that Outback Bowl open practice, and he, and he wasn't able to make it. And I know that um, you know some Penn State people were were a bit upset by that. So we'll see what happens there. One other guy I just want to mention quick is Osiris Torrance. Uh, he's from I believe Louisiana. I want to say. Um, ul lafayette or i think it's just now louisiana right i believe that's what it is but yep. uh he's got a lot of southern schools after him penn state is in communication with him but and hey, another guy that i just it's gonna be hard for me to see him coming north i know florida and lsu i believe he visited uh auburn i think he's gonna visit florida and lsu here soon and uh clemson and and uh Ole miss are also in the mix so I, he's a the guy they're pushing for i know he's having conversations with them but uh don't have a ton as far as uh, positive news, man. It really feels like Hunter Norzad has the guy and, you know, maybe some other players here will emerge. But now with classes starting, uh, when, when are they going to be able to get here? I, I obviously, I don't think that can really happen until May.
0: Yeah, things slow down pretty well on this front. You'll get, like Joseph Darkwell in the transfer portal for Penn State on Monday, you'll get a couple of those here and there as guys look to maybe use that time in mid-January to early February to go see some campuses if they can make it work, but yeah, things for the most part are going to slow down there, so not the kind of start to the portal hunt that Penn State would have liked, but we'll see where things go. Uh, We're about halfway through this edition of the Blue-White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast. Ryan Snyder and Greg Pickle back with you for the First episode of 2022. We're moving along now to the early enrollees, Ryan. Nine high school players are on campus, plus Mitchell Tinsley, who we talked about earlier. But that number was supposed to be 10 at a high school. Cam Miller, the corner from Florida, no longer enrolling early. This was one you had hinted at on the Lions' Den uh, message board back during signing day that... It was not necessarily a guarantee that this was going to work out for Penn State and for Miller, and it does not. He'll be here a little bit later this year. But it doesn't take away from an extremely good group of players who are now in the mix uh, and starting classes at Penn State.
1: Yeah, the, the it was hinted to me on signing day when, we, when you know, Penn State puts out that list of, you know, these are the 10 early enrollees. And when I checked in on it, they said, you know, you list the 10. But keep an eye on Cam Miller. He's not a hundred percent sure. Or I, I, I'd be lying if I said I know the exact reasons. Cam, I don't know if he's ever given an interview with any Penn State site. I don't believe he has. Not that I've I seen. know. I've been no, I know I've been struggling to get him. So I do know that he's participating in the Polynesian Bowl, which you you hinted that we would talk about. Which. Uh, are you January. are you headed to
0: Hawaii or do I get to go uh, or what's yes. the, yeah what's the deal there <laughs> I would
1: love to man. I, I don't oh, think maybe of
0: I... us are gonna I don't think either of us are gonna get that call uh, for
1: the party yeah Bowl. I assume I assume one of our West Coast guys uh will be getting that one it's a little easier for the the LA guys to make that trip but that's definitely uh on my bucket list right let's go to that one but uh yeah he's he's definitely participating in that game deny Dennis Sutton drew Shelton and um, Anthony Ivey, I believe, are the four Penn State guys. So there is a, a good Penn State group uh, expected to participate. And I did I do know Denai told me, you know, when we were this past week when we were down there uh, that he's planning to fly out to Hawaii to do that game. I haven't double checked on Shelton. Of course, those two played in the under armor and all American Bowls, too, so they'll be doubling up. And that is one thing you do see with the Polynesian Bowl a lot, is a lot of those guys say yeah, I played in Under Armour, but screw it. Like, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a free trip to Hawaii. So there are a bunch of uh, star players who played in those first two games who will double up. But uh, to get back to the the point, though, I, I I don't know why Cam didn't enroll early. I never really got a complete answer on that. I know just the the Polynesian Bowl was something he wanted to do. Whether that's the exact reason or something else, I'm not sure. Uh, it is 15 degrees out here today, so maybe he decided to hang out uh, in Florida for a couple more months before coming up here to the tundra. But uh, either way, it's a yeah, good group. Obviously, You have Zane
0: Duran up here. Now you have Catron Allen up here now. And uh, it's like it, the real field today on Tuesday, January 11th is like five. So I'm just mm-hmm. sure those guys are loving their trek from whichever dorm they were assigned to, to the forum building or across the West campus or uh, yeah. just about anywhere at this point.
1: Yeah. So, but it's a it's a great group. Obviously, getting the quarterbacks on campus is huge, right? I mean, they they need uh, a good quarterback competition. We know Vayu is has stepped up, uh, you know, and is 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 you know appears to be a, a true competitor for for Clifford. But you know, have an hour. How many times between now
0: purpose? and August do you think we'll say the phrase or write the phrase quarterback competition? Give me an over under. Uh, Come on, you're hot. You just won you, Georgia. Buddy. You're hot. I mean. Uh, I'll set uh, the over under at two hundred and fifty thousand and see how close <laughs> we come.
1: <laughs> I was gonna think more so like a dozen, but uh, yeah. I mean a dozen? I guess I'll take the that's under a, on da- that's
0: a rocking chair over you... buddy. Break out I'm the cigars. About...
1: Okay. I I, I mean it's going to be Clifford, guys. I don't know what else to say. I mean, now get four or five games into the season and, you know, a loss to Auburn and, you know, obviously with Ohio State. And Hang on a hey, second. You know let me
0: they... write down Let me write down where we are in the podcast because I got to put the ad in prior to you saying that because everyone <laughs> might just tune out at this point. Um, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good
1: point. That's a good point. We'll see. Uh, I, I Obviously, Aller looked great. I think he has a lot to, to learn still just before we throw him to the – throw him into that you know kind of a scene but um but anyway i mean just getting those guys on campus get nick singleton on campus who by the way yeah. nick was the one guy down there all week that was like yeah i'm absolutely coming in and i want to play and nick is always very humble very kind of quiet uh he's easy to interview because he's a great kid but he's quiet and, you know not one to really uh, elaborate on things so it's for him to be as confident and um you know, open about like, yeah, I'm coming in here to play. I thought was was pretty notable because we don't always get that from him. But obviously, Caden Saunders too. Amari Evans will be fun to um, watch in spring practice. So uh, a lot of a lot of positives from that perspective. And of course, JB Nelson too, who uh, they 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 need reinforcements on that offensive line.
0: Yeah, Katron Allen as well. I feel like he's the Bo Prabola a little bit. It's interesting because the PA guy is overlooked at quarterback. The PA guy is not overlooked at running back. But Mm Kaytron Allen's certainly an interesting uh, part of that backfield as well. And they have a lot to figure out. You know, we can talk quarterback stuff until we're blue in the face, but – you mentioned some of these other guys. Receivers, a place where a young guy could earn playing time. Running back is certainly one. Offensive line with J.B. Nelson is not out of the question. Uh, and then they obviously have some other guys who are not enrolling early, but will get here eventually and fight for time. So, you know, when you look across, it's too deep, Ryan. It's, it's losing a lot of talent, obviously, and it has a lot of talent mm-hmm. back, but... There are also some spots. It will not shock me when we come out of spring practice if we hear about some of these guys who are here now. The same way we heard about Kalen King at this, you know, like three months from now, a year ago.
1: Absolutely, somebody's going to. I mean, there's this roster isn't Georgia. It's too. There's it's there's not. too many holes right now. No, I don't think so. I mean, they're they're, you know, I I think they're I think they're closer than than. You know, maybe some fans think after, after just, you know, watching them compete against Michigan and some other schools. But yeah. um, I think they're 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 still kind of more of a nine win team if they really, you know, excel and, and uh, hit expectations. It's
0: speed up front. It's powerful explosion up front. And it's the ability to disrupt the line of scrimmage and control it. That's. To me, the biggest difference between what we saw from Georgia and Alabama, and some other teams too, but particularly those two last night, compared to not just Penn State but the rest of the college football world in general.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, I don't see how it's going to end anytime soon. Even if we can expand this playoff all you want, but uh, right. until Nick Saban retires and uh, Kirby Smart goes to the NFL, and even then, it ain't going to change. Let's be honest; they're going to they're gonna keep they're going to keep rolling. So, get used to it, folks. I don't know what else to say other than that. Uh, me neither. But we do have some more things to discuss on the recruiting front here
0: as we come down the home stretch of the latest Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast. Junior Day time, buddy. I hope you enjoyed hey. your like your like four days of not really uh, worrying about much because Junior Days are back. <laughs> Penn State uh, set to host a pair of them here in the month of January, as they always do. They're going to have them every day. All three weekends,
1: excuse me. All three Saturdays. So
0: three, not two. That's my mistake. But yeah, so they will be busy here on the weekends, as will we. Penn State, of course, looking to build on a class of 2023 that's already off to a good start. But let's not focus on all three of those events. Let's focus on the one right in front of us here this coming weekend. Who's coming to town? Mm -hmm. What can be expected? And where do you stand at this point? You just posted a confirmed visitor list at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. You can see that. It's an on three plus uh, content uh, item and you can see that for just $1 for 365 days of access by joining us at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. When you go to the homepage, you'll see the one dollar one year link. Click that, punch in some information and you will have the latest intel from Ryan. But Let's just uh, set up the scene here. Um, you've posted about a couple of guys that will be on hand, and it should be a pretty good start to uh, to this part of the cycle because the cycle started a long time ago. But you know now yep. we're in a little bit more of a serious time with the calendar flipping ahead.
1: Yeah, this is this is uh, all eyes turned to 2023. Now, of course, these junior days will can be called sophomore days and freshman days too. You're going to have 2024 and you know, I'm sure some 2025 kids will pop up. Uh the the list I posted today uh is primarily 20 January 29th guys. I just honestly, I sent out a mass mass group of text messages. It's kind of how you do it, you know, Saturday and Sunday and uh just just a lot of guys have responded for the 29th and that's what that list is. I'll let uh premium subscribers you know get that information we'll go from there I will talk about the upcoming one and there's three key guys right now that we have confirmed the the first of course is Evan Link and I, I've been talking for a long time that I think Evan Link is an incredibly important player in this class uh, because when I look at their group of offensive tackles you who know, I really think they want uh, He just, just the most realistic I, to me Luke Montgomery has a lot of options I just you know, I think Penn State could be top five, but they feel like fourth or fifth. And uh, Samson Okanola, just he has to visit more schools. It's kind of all over the place a little bit. Uh, so you well, know, we we, this we will class see. class
0: At tackle, two, three, four. Uh, where do you stand? on They need that? talent. They need yeah. talent,
1: man. They need. They talent. It's, 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 it's very talent. much.
0: Yeah, it's very much to me. Uh, I'll lead you down the road that I was hoping you would go down. But to me, it's very much a quality over quantity situation along the offensive line but especially a tackle in this cycle
1: absolutely and but it's just hard because there's not right. there's only so many to go around you know we're talking about size and power and everything for Georgia well the, the their offensive uh, lines for both of those schools and you know the other top programs like Ohio State they're the same way you know they they they, they, they clean up on those elite offensive tackles uh, so that's it's not yeah. easy man um, but but Evan linked to me you know he's he's kind of one of those guys in the top four or five. Um, Chase Masantis, Scott mentioned earlier. He's he's also in that group, but I, I just don't see it right now with Penn State. Uh, that they, but Penn State certainly leads with 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 Flink. So I I'll be curious to see what happens. I know he's looking at Northwestern and Stanford. So academics are incredibly important here. Uh, he's talking about going to Stanford. Uh, I believe the 29th. Uh, so just be curious to see how that happens. He's in no rush. I think the summer commitment for him, but you know when you just when you follow the visits and and um, you know look at what Penn State's done in the past with Gonzaga and, and those WCAC schools, uh, there's reason to feel good there. But he's incredibly important because right now he feels like the the best offensive tackle prospect that I can see them realistically getting. Uh, two other guys, uh, Sam Pendleton, I want to mention quick. He's an offensive guard, likely from from North Carolina. I think Michigan leads, and I think Penn State already having. Uh, A couple offensive uh, interior guys committed in Birchmeyer and Miller may have an impact on him, but um, I don't want to rule him out yet though, because he's only been to Michigan once and yeah, I do think they lead, but he's really never really seen Penn State. He's been here for the, for the one game, but actually really spending time with the coaching staff and, you know, one thing he really is hitting hard on is, you know, just having that family atmosphere, and he hasn't really seen that yet at Penn State. So, just I'll be curious to see uh, how he responds uh, after getting an up close look with the coaching staff. And then one last guy, Musa Kane, who I think is another very, very important defensive back prospect. When you look at the DBs uh, for twenty twenty three, uh, it's much deeper. I think at safety than corner, and and Musa can play either. So that's kind of why I lean a little bit more towards corner with him. But um, there's there's a mixture uh, of where different people on lash think he can play the one thing that everybody in lash seems to like though is that he can definitely play and and they want to get him on board so of course he's a new york city native plays at blair academy his brother sanusi who's at purdue now was recruited by anthony poindexter so there's a very good relationship with the family there uh and this will be i believe his third time on campus so a lot of positive signs there uh with those three and uh we'll we'll have a complete list coming here in, in the coming days i've been Kind of putting it together behind the scenes. I like to kind of put that all the all out there when I when I feel really good about it. But uh, those three guys will be uh, certainly ones to key on this weekend, and I'm sure others will come. And like I said, then the January 22nd, January 29th, they're all going to be very busy days. Commit watch, yes or no this weekend? Uh, I would think no off the top of my head, but I'll I say this: like er, source wise, like everybody's in San Antonio for AFCA uh, the convention, so it's not like I've been kind of. Like it's only Tuesday. So like Thursday, Friday, uh, especially as people start coming back to State College, I'll be able to kind of ask those questions a little bit better. You know, with everybody down there for the American football um, coaches uh, convention, it's kind of one of those weeks where you just you don't you don't send as many texts, and as many calls as I normally would. All right. Well, you can find out what Ryan's
0: hearing when he hears it at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. It's $1 for one year of access to On3 to Blue White Illustrated for all your Penn State news. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. We're wrapping things up here. Stay tuned for the latest as Penn State Junior Days begin. We'll be covering them at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. We will talk to you next week on the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast.